If you know this prayer, please join with me. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Please be seated. This prayer that we just said together is a famous prayer known as the Serenity Prayer. And even though it is associated with Alcoholics Anonymous, it is actually something that predates that association. It was written in the early 1930s by the great uh, theologian and professor Reinhold Niebuhr. And there's a newer version of the prayer that has been written by a Jesuit priest named James Martin. Uh, James Martin is a prolific writer and he has a bit of a sense of humor. And this is his version of the prayer. He says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change. <laughs> Which is pretty much everyone, since I'm clearly not you, God, at least not the last time I checked. And while you're at it, God, please give me the courage to change what I need to change about myself. Which is, frankly, a lot, since, once again, I am not you. Which means I'm not perfect. It's better for me to focus on changing myself than to worry about changing other people, who, as you'll no doubt remember me saying, I can't change anyway. Finally, give me the wisdom to just shut up. <laughs> Whenever I think I'm clearly smarter than everyone else in the room, that no one knows what they're talking about except me, or that I alone have all the answers. Basically, God, grant me the wisdom to remember that I am not you. Amen. Amen. The writer Anne Lamont summarizes this new version of the prayer with a riddle. She says, what's the difference between you and God? God never thinks he's you. the fundamental root of sin, and perhaps the cause of our greatest human suffering is when we put anything in the place of God that is not God. Sometimes this takes the form of money or status or comfort when we serve those things as opposed to serving God. And sometimes this takes the form of us putting ourselves in the place of God. And it can be done very innocently. I know living in this area now for some years that it's part of the nature of our culture in the DMV and in Washington, D.C., that we put a lot on our shoulders. and We feel the burden of what we are here to do. And we can become confused about what is our place and what is God's place in all of it. This can cause suffering. I have a friend who is my age, and we became friends when we were all in seminary together. He, uh, at that time, was a Baptist. He actually has become an Episcopal priest since then. Um, but his name is Tyler, and before he went to seminary, he was an atheist. He was raised with no religion at all. And right after he graduated from college, he set about working to try to do good in the world, and specifically, his work was for nuclear disarmament. 
He actually worked with Robert McNamara and threw himself into the struggle. And the harder he struggled, the more powerless and discouraged he felt. The problem was just too big. And one day he was feeling particularly low and he realized that there was no amount of effort on his part that was ever going to succeed to make the world actually a safe place to be. And he was about to have a real nervous breakdown. And that is when Tyler heard the words of God. Literally, he heard these words. The world is not yours to save or damn. Only serve the one whose it is. I'll say it again. The world is not yours to save or to damn. Only serve the one whose it is. Importantly, this was not a message to say that Tyler or we should stop trying to make the world a better, more just, more honest, more loving place than it is today. It is just that we need to know our place in that work, that we are not God. Otherwise, good intention though we may be, it can drive us crazy. And Tyler himself did not stop this work for disarmament, but what happened was that he learned to serve the world out of hope and not fear. Many in this room, I know, are people whose lives are about service. And if you're not from this area, many of you uh, came here to serve specifically. And those who may not define their lives as specifically lives of service, we're all servant, service adjacent in this room. And in whatever ways that you serve, do you do it out of hope or out of fear? Knowing that you are not God can make all the difference. When Jesus enters Jerusalem and the people praise him and wave their palm branches, it's actually a very confusing moment. The people shout, Hosanna, which literally means, save us now. It's important to point out that we get, in some of the translations, in some of the versions of this, um, we, we get kind of an emphasis that it looks like it's the Jews versus Jesus. And doing that, we forget or it can be missed that Jesus, of course, was a Jew, and so were all of his followers, and so was his mother Mary, who was there with him through the cross. Really, the people, the people are fickle humanity, which is us. And their interest in Jesus is selfish. They want him to be their savior, but they've not taken care to understand what kind of savior he really is and what kind of power he really has. They mock him for being a king, not realizing that he's a true king, only not a king of this world. His kingdom is from above, and his power works in a totally different way. It is fascinating, in fact, that at the end of the Passion narrative, which we are going to read in a few moments right here, the very end Somebody declares that he really was the son of God and it's the least expected person to do it. It's a warrior, a centurion, part of the oppressive Roman uh, power. 
And he's the one who says, truly, this man was God's son, which shows that this power of transformation has no limit. It's a power that instead of moving over us, chooses to move through us and to transform us so that we might transform the world. A power that empowers us precisely when we know that we are not God. In his memoir called The Sacred Journey, the writer Frederick Buechner, who recently passed away, wrote, the trouble with steeling yourself against the harsh reality is that the same steel that secures your life against being destroyed secures your life also against being opened up and transformed by the holy power that life itself comes from. You can survive on your own, he says. You can grow strong on your own, and you can even prevail on your own, but you cannot become human on your own. Amen.